In memory of Nichelle Nichols. Hating frequencies closed. The Red Cornish Ranger presents Nerds Through Comics. Star Trek, The Next Generation, Doctor Who, Assimilation Squared. Chapter 2 Network diagnostic in process. Phase discriminator scanning for anomalies. Neural net scan complete. Aboard the USS Enterprise, Geordi LaForge, chief engineer, was assisting his friend Data, an android, in his routine diagnostics. Positronic diagnostic complete. All set, Data. The routine scan indicates no problems at all. You know, Data, I've been thinking. While Dr. Sung was made head and shoulders above anyone in his field, when he constructed you using parts, that will last for a very long time. That was more than 30 years ago, and there have been a significant technology advances since then, with advanced isolinear chips for example. Have you ever considered upgrading yourself? I have indeed considered it, Jordi. I have decided against it, however, because of the philosophical implications. If I start replacing my components with improved ones, where would that process end? Eventually, would I no longer be myself? Instead, I have chosen to remain as I was created. Consider yourself, Geordie. You have in the form of your new visor. That would be considered an improved component. Would you consider other such upgrades? Geordie considered before answering his friend. Hmm. Well, I don't know what I'd call my visor an improvement. Sure, it does give me some extraordinary abilities, but you're right. I wouldn't really want to replace other parts of my body. In fact, I'd rather have a normal vision and not even need to wear the thing at all. So I guess I see your point, Data. Several decks upon the main bridge, Commander Riker, first officer of the Enterprise, entered the captain's ring. We're about to arrive at Nia 7, sir. Fine. This should be nothing more than a routine stop and greet visit number one. These are particularly hard division of Starfleet Corps of Engineers there, and I think they might require a little encouragement. I'll take care of it, sir. I look forward to the mining operations. It's quite an achievement, although it's said to be a little dangerous down there. Keep your eyes open. I'll take Data and Worf with me. Those two should keep me safe enough. Well, Mr. Data should certainly get the attention of the engineers at any rate. Riker turned and left the ready room, a small smirk on his bearded face at the captain's choke. Shortly down in the transporter room, Commander Riker, Lieutenant Wolf, and Mr. Data assembled in the transporter room with Deanna Troy, ship's counselor, getting ready to beam down. Now, remember what I said about the Dye AI. You said they were fish people. They may seem at first to be friendly and outgoing, but they are in fact rather private. They prefer to have limited interaction with humans. And I never said fish people. I said they were aquatic humanoids. They sound delicious. Worf. Riker laughed, and even the transporter chief 
permitted himself a small smile. He does have a sense of humor, Counselor. The three gentlemen got into the transporter, then Commander Riker nodded at the transporter chief and said, Energize. In a flash of light, the three dematerialized and vanished and moments later appeared on a platform next to a vast ocean on the side of a cliff to be greeted by two Starfleet officers, a captain and a lieutenant. Commander Riker, I'm Captain Ochoa. This is Lieutenant Amato. Welcome to Naya 7. Thank you. This is breathtaking. I had done my research, but still, what a view. And this must be the famous Lieutenant Commander Data. I've read about him for years in engineering journals, but never expected to actually meet him. As Riker introduced Data and Worf to Ocha, an aquatic person climbed up to the platform. Captain Ochoa. Perhaps you can also introduce us to your friend. Ah yes, Salos. These are the visitors from the Enterprise. Commander Riker, Lieutenant Commander Data, and Lieutenant Worf. Welcome to Navia. Thank you for your ongoing trade with my people. We wish for you to have a pleasant time here on our home and hope for your safe travels on your distant journeys. On behalf of the crew of the Enterprise, thank you. We are honored to meet you. As Commander Riker was saying this, Silos bowed, turned and jumped back into the water where four other Da'ai were waiting. Then they vanished under the water. Goodbye? Not a very talkative bunch, are they? They don't really care much about the mining. We provide them food and supplies under our agreement, and they give us license to run our operations here. The Fatal can be charming enough, but they do value their privacy. The captain led the landing party into the mine and down to the elevator at the far back of the tunnel. Nevaeus 7, Treasure Trove of Elements, Dilithium, Buildstrom, Kelbanite, and more. It's all here. It's amazing what we find here. The difficulty, of course, is mining on a water world. Only the mountaintop extends above sea level here on Nevaeus 7, so we build these mines to tunnel down into the mountain where the valuable minerals and elements can be found. It's the fact that most of the mountain is underwater that's tricky. They reached the elevator and Lieutenant Amato said, Let's head down to one of our newest sites where the real fun is. As she said this, she smiled at Commander Riker, who returned the smile. They all got in the elevator and headed down into the mine. Captain, this seems unnecessarily dangerous. Surely there are other mining technologies, uh, using particle beams, transporter technology, or from orbit that could make this a lot easier. Certainly, but the Dai have strict environmental protocols that we must follow under the terms of. Months of negotiation allowed us to reach a compromise that permitted our operations to proceed in this very particular and admittedly work-intense fashion. In other words, they don't want anyone firing on their planets. Precisely. Captain Ocha continued to explain as the elevator came to a halt and the group got out. It's a mutually beneficial relationship. The Dai are well compensated and Starfleet gets some extraordinary rare materials that we need very badly. Extracting them in this fashion is certainly a tall order for the engineering group, that's for sure. We take you to the new Eastern Tunnel Complex. It's our newest dig at this depth. They continued down the stoned corridor. 
Data then asked. Captain, would you tell us more of what portions you take to inherent dangers down here? Water leakage, structural collapse due to pressure. Good question. We use a variety of force fields, sealants, and anti-gravity devices. In fact, I was hoping to consult you and your chief engineer to review our progress and see if you had a suggestion for improvement. We also used the tried and true method of interlocking pressure components to try and minimize the damage if we do have a collapse or leak. Captain Ocha pointed at a solid looking door with a round window in it. But I'll be honest with you gentlemen, this is very dangerous work. On the other side of the pressure door, water began spraying into the room. One of the reasons I requested a visit was that I was hoping to get some high-level technical consulting on some of the difficulties here when we heard that it was the Enterprise coming. I was so relieved. Unseen to the party, the other room began to fill with water, and the glass on the door began to crack. Starfleet needs these resources badly, and I'm concerned that safety isn't necessarily the number one priority. Captain, I don't think we had any idea of the depth of challenges your team is facing here. I don't think Captain Picard was made fully aware of this either. Don't worry, we will do whatever we can to help you out. Commander. The glass broke. Water began to rush into the room at an alarming rate. Oh hell. Amato, pull the release valves! Orcha shouted as all five were engulfed by water. Worf managed to grab Orcha and Amato. Data, where is Commander Riker? Worf cried as water rushed around him. Data stood in the rushing water looking down into the depths. Looking for him now. In one movement, Data reached into the water and with no effort pulled Commander Riker out. Found him. Are you unharmed, Commander? Riker, coughing and spluttering, leaned against the console. Thanks, Data. I'm fine. Worf, we need to contact the Enterprise to get some help down here. Taken care of, sir. Worf said, a little breathless. A medical team and an engineering team are already on their way. Let's go, people. Said Dr. Krasha, assembling her team in sickbay. Meanwhile, on the bridge, Jordi looking over all the information. Mr. LaForge, I'm heading down to the surface now. Please join me after you complete your assessment. Yes, sir. I'll be down there as quick as I can. The Enterprise began to send relief down to the planet. The engineering team assesses the damage and the medical team help the wounded. Captain Picard beamed down to see the damage for himself. How bad is it, Doc? Bad enough, Captain. Eight dead, twenty-two injured. Silos approached the Captain. Sorry for your loss, Captain. Thank you. I can't help but wonder why your people didn't assist with the rescue effort. Many of them were seen in the waters nearby only minutes after the collapse, I'm told. I don't think I need to remind you, Captain, of the terms of our agreement with Starfleet. We have no interest in risking our lives in any way over your desire for our unusual locks. Would you prefer that we opt out of our contract? No, no, very well. I understand. Silos walked away and Lieutenant LaForge came over to talk to the captain. Captain, why do we put up with this? These are our partners. It's a complicated relationship, Lieutenant. You're a part on the causes of a collapse. 
I almost couldn't believe it, Captain. The safety protocols here are remarkably low. It's no wonder they have accidents, but that's not Okoa's fault. Starfleet has given him specific orders to meet regular quotas, and has specifically ordered him to maintain those quotas in spite of the risks. I didn't find out the risks involved until he you guaranteed me high clearance to investigate. This whole operation is particularly classified. What's going on here? Why are we putting these personnel at such risk? The Borg, Lieutenant. We've lost so much of the fleet of Wolf 359, we're trying to rebuild our forces and prepare for their inevitable return. We need every scrap of raw material we can get our hands on to maximize our defenses. In some cases, hard choices have been made to do whatever we must to prepare. The sacrifices of these engineers may very well make the difference for the Federation. If you enjoy what you're listening to from the Baker Ranger, okay. ah, and all his technical problems, but sometimes they're mine because I mute the site or something. Why is it on fire? Why is it on fire? It shouldn't be on fire. Why is it on fire? But you might like Who to see his other stuff on the Zeo to Hero Network. Also, catch him on YouTube oh, and Facebook okay, to wait. see his weekly nerdiverses and also no, ah! see what else he's coming out with in the near future. I swear to Jeebus! Back to action! Captain Picard, Commander Riker, Mr. Data, and Dr. Crashell return to the ship. After you get cleaned up, I'd like your thoughts on the situation number one. My ready room in one hour, Mr. Data. Doctor, I'd like you there as well. An hour later, the three joined the captain in his ready room. And so arrangements have been made to make sure Captain Orchard will get additional support and resources? It's not a question of ability. Captain, those people are stretched to the limit! Absolutely. I've received word that the Lexington will be arriving soon with additional equipment and a full task force of engineers. The resources to be gained there are vital. He'll be very happy to hear that the situation down there certainly required more than a pep talk. Agreed, number one. I admit I had no idea the conditions had grown so dire. I'm grateful you're all alright. However, as the situation is resolved for now, I have a slightly less strenuous task for you. I'm told that the most recent system upgrade to the holodeck has been completed. Perhaps you could see to it that it receives a proper inspection. There's a new Dixon Hill adventure available that I've not even gotten a glance at. Commander Riker turned to Data and Dr. Crusher. What do you say, Doctor? Mr. Data, do you care to join me? Half an hour later, Commander Riker, Dr. Crusher, and Mr. Data meet outside the holodeck. A room at first look is just a small square room, but with a simple command. Computer, begin program Picard Dixon Hill 7. Program begin enter when ready. They walk in, not into a small room, but a big street, 1940 San Francisco. Very nice. Is that the ocean I smell? That's new. Indeed. Detecting old factory traces of seawater, carbon monoxide exhaust, and sourdough bread. Very thorough. You just said the magic word, Mr. Data. Bread. I'm famished. Let's see if we can find a restaurant around here. A wheezing and groaning sound could be heard, and in the distance a blue box began to materialize out of thin air. You hear that? So much for the upgrade. Sounds like the bugs aren't quite worked out of this upgrade yet. Remind me to mention it to Gordy. The three of them entered the bar and headed down to the far end to order a drink. And a gin and tonic for the lady. 
Coming up, Pally. Hello, look at this. Over by, three people entered, one lady and two men. Two of them were dressed in 1940s period clothes, but the man who said hello was dressed in a tweed coat and a bow tie. An android, a positively splendid android. The doctor, like some small child that had found some candy, walked over to Dana. What do you have in here? A positronic brain? Those can be tricky to untangle. Needs lots of artificial synapse jumping. Looks like you got it running very smoothly. Curious. Um... The doctor grabbed Dana's head and looked deep into his eyes. Dante, you're being rude. Top-notch workmanship, I have to say. Did you build him yourself? Please, let go of my head. So much for the upgrade. Looks like the system is malfunctioning. It's recognized Ada is not being part of the proper historical period. Gordy will have to give the artificial intelligence a good workup. The doctor stepped back and looked around at these words. Malfunctioning? Of course! This must all be artificial, some sort of holographic simulation. Well spotted. Amy looked at the doctor with her usual, what have you got us into stare. Simulation? You mean we not in San Francisco at all? I should have noticed when we first stepped out. The smell, the sound, the simulated gravity under our feet. Too perfect. Reality is always much messier. Why didn't I realize? Oh great. I knew it was too simple for us to be in an actual, real place. Where are we, really? Curious, Commander. The simulations appear to have archived some level sentence. Or at least, the illusion of such. The Doctor smiled his cheekiest smile. Oh, we're simulations. Sentient simulations. I see. Shall we put that to the test? It's your funeral. Computer, end program. Ending program. And with that, San Francisco vanished, leaving six people in one blue box in its place. Intriguing. Sad data. Riker and Crusher were in total shock. Pleased to meet you. I'm the doctor. Would you be so kind as to tell us exactly where we are? Maybe we'd better have a word with the captain. Commander Riker called for security, and moments later, Mr. Worf and two security guards arrived. This is Lieutenant Worf, our chief of security. Lieutenant Worf, will you accompany our guests to the observation lounge? Yes, Commander. Come with me. Well, you are a big fellow, aren't you? A Klingon, if I'm not mistaken. Relax, we're all extremely friendly. As the three walked down the corridor with the security team behind them, the doctor was feeling uneasy. Guys, what's going on? Where are we? I'm not quite sure yet, Pond. This is all very strange, still piecing it together. Wherever we are, one thing's for certain. We're definitely not where we were, and the situation is changing rapidly. What? I seem to be remembering things that have never happened to me. What? Until I got a glimpse of our tall friend there, I'd never even heard the word Klingon before. Worf escorted Amy, Rory, and the Doctor to the observation lounge where Captain Picard was waiting. Look out the window. We're in space. You see, Doctor, they have windows in their spaceship and everything. Hush Pond, we're guests here. Mr. Worf, report. Captain, these are the visitors Commander Riker discovered in the holodeck. Captain Picard got up, adjusted his uniform, and addressed the Doctor and his friends. So I'm told. 
We very seldom receive unannounced visitors on the holodeck, much less ones who park their telephone boxes there. I'm Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the Enterprise. I must ask you, however, who are you, or what exactly are you doing on our ship? Who, us? Nobody really. Just doing a little travelling. This is Amy and her husband Rory. Hello. Hi. And I'm the Doctor. The Captain walked over and shook the Doctor's hand as Commander Riker and Counselor Troy walked into the observation lounge. Doctor? Doctor of? Just the Doctor. Very well then, Doctor. A pleasure to meet you. They all sat down at the table. Commander Riker asked Counselor Troy, Deanna, are you getting anything from them? Deception? Intention? Anything you can tell us? No attempt to deceive at all. Will from his young friend's sense of nervousness, but an absolute trust in their companion. Deanna Troy was an empath and could sense the emotions of people around her. And from this doctor? It's nothing like I've ever sensed it before. There's a wisdom much beyond his years. And a sadness. A great sadness, but no ill intent, I'm certain of it. As the doctor was talking to the captain, he gave the counselor a side look. We shouldn't be here, really. Or you shouldn't. Are we the first through, hmm? I don't suppose you've had any other unexpected visitors lately? Not that I'm aware of. Of course, it all depends on how you define unexplained. Just then, over the comms, Mr. Data reported from the bridge. Bridge to Captain. Receiving distress signal. Priority 1. Audio only. Put it through, Mr. Data. Compass! Missile attack phone! The list is there! It's already gone! Repeat! This is command and control on Delta 4! Requesting! The Dalton home world. It's densely populated, but it has no strategic value. What could this be about? I don't know, number one. Captain Picard pressed the badge on his chest. Mr. Data, best speed to Delta 4. Warp 9 will take us there in approximately 37 minutes, Captain. Make it so, Mr. Data. Is this your doing, Doctor? Your arrival is conveniently timed, after all. Me? I've never heard of Delta 4. Which, considering the fact that I know every planet of every star system, is just a tiny bit concerning. As for convenient timing, that could be my middle name. Captain Picard got up, a look of worry and mistrust on his face. Indeed. Lieutenant Worf, keep an eye on our guest until we arrive at Delta Four. The Enterprise entered warp, heading straight for Delta Four. Approaching the Delta system, Captain. The Doctor, Amy, and Rory followed Captain Picard and his crew on to the main bridge. Very nice, very impressive. Rumi, I like Rumi. I like the lines, very nice use of space. Will you please stop talking? Sensors indicating a large gathering of vessels in the immediate vicinity of Delta Four. Large. Define large. Still calibrating, sir. Now within range for vessel sensor transmission, sir. On screen, Mr. Data. No. On the view screen, a massive fleet of ships surrounded the planet, some cube-shaped, some sphere-shaped, and some were long with spinning wheels at the center. The Cybermen. We shouldn't be here, Captain. I believe you're right. Captain Picard was played by V. Commander Riker, a Crown 39. Geordie LaForge, Ty Tiger. Data, Ghost Galaxy Cosplay. Worf, 
and the narrator was Ben the Baker Ranger. Councillor Troy, Nebulae. Dr. Crusher, Cosplay Wife, 637. The Doctor, Mum, the Red Cornish Ranger. Amy Pond, Rachel. Rory Williams, Cosplay Dude, 637. Captain Orcher, Cosplay Son, 637. All other parts were played by members of the cast. <laughs>